for the adoption of the agenda. <coughs> the, I think the, the is that on number six it will be consideration and adoption of the second quarter report. Not, uh, <coughs> Yes, it's the, the, the consideration and the adoption of the second quarter report. Oh, okay. Yes. <coughs> so can I get the mover for the adoption of the agenda, um, honorable members? Jefferson. Thank you. Uh, <coughs> Move and second, Jefferson. Um, there are people who have raised their hands, but uh, um, Honorable Sukhoi moved and Honorable Zeki second. Thank you very much. <coughs> I will not waste much time on. on, on time uh, can we then request this one to load apologies Jefferson, I didn't receive any apology for this meeting thank you thank you very much <coughs> let me then Choose the subject matter on the agenda. And I don't see any of them. Is it DG? DG? The M is also here, Chair. Oh, DM? DM Chair. Morning, morning, uh, Chair. Uh, the greetings to all members of parliament, uh, the DG Mbulolo Changana, the DDGs present here, and all officials. Chair, I, I want to apologize that I'm struggling with the network, that you don't see my face today, you know me, and um, it's, uh, I'm in the rural area in KZN. Um, Chairperson, thank you for inviting the department to update the committee on the establishment of Human Settlement Development Bank. The bank positions as a financial institution clearance to meet across the entire human settlement supply chain. Once fully established, the Human Settlement Development Bank is intended to be central to all finances and market activities across the entire housing supply chain value chain. The bank will shield the risk through funding of large-scale development uh, projects, as well as facilitate and fund retirement of housing finance intermediate operations in the social and gap market. We already support a number of specialized asset-based uh, social housing finance entities. The ambition remains to have um, Human settlement 
Bruntel play an active role in revamping the business model for housing banks that will address these challenges. Chairperson, the project approach is twofold. The first step was consolidating operations of three entities, the Rural Housing Loan Fund and the National Urban Reconstruction and Housing Agency with the National Housing Finance. The Corporation Housing, oh no, sorry, Housing uh, Finance Corporation through the conclusion of donation agreements. The creation of Human Settlements Development Bank is, is a final step, Chair. Excessive uh, research has gone into influencing direction of the project. We're hoping the bank would be up and running by now. Uh, if, if you still remember, Chair, last year you asked uh, questions that do we have the money for this? And also at that time you were saying it was during former minister, I think Ms. Kudu, the, the cabinet then, the, the memo then was ready to be taken to cabinet. But when minister came, she was worried about money and operating without money. So she concentrated on making sure that we, we start checking whether there's gonna be money for this or not. The presentation would outline the project approach, project plan, and then speak to what still remains to be done. The draft um, Human Settlements Development Bank Bill and the draft business case for establishment of the Human Settlements uh, Development Bank was presented to the public sector stakeholders and has subsequently been revised, as I said, it's, it's been revised a number of times for alignment purposes and incorporates input from stakeholders. That, that's what, what the minister is, is, is busy uh, doing. To get more detailed reports of where we are, I think DG will assist me to maybe there are areas where I did not raise I'm going to request the DG to assist me and, and his team. Uh, thank you very much. It's, it's short as it is, uh, Chair. I think it will elaborate more when we do the presentation. Thank you very much, Chair. DG? Thank you very much, Chairperson. But I want to stress the point up front, first before Jan comes and make the presentation that um, uh, we get asked this question all the time, whether this is going to be a deposit-taking bank. And I think it's important to, to stress up front that this is not going to be a deposit-taking bank uh, like other commercial banks. 
because if it's going to be a deposit taking bank, we would be required to comply with all the other rules around uh, capital adequacy um, or Basel IV, uh, which regulates the, the functioning of banks. Um, and that point is very important, Chair, because uh, if we were to um, convert this bank to be a deposit-taking bank, it will take us another five years uh, to conclude the process. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we, we delayed the process, because uh, uh, amongst us um, uh, colleagues, uh, uh, there are those who wanted this to be a retail bank and a deposit-taking bank, and there are those who said, now let it be a DFI, uh, like any other DFI, a UNAS Elements Development Finance Institution. And I think we've settled with uh, making sure that this is a DFI and not a, a deposit-taking bank. I think that point is very important, especially uh, in the market, because I'm sure the market would want clarity around this particular issue. The person, without wasting much of your time, I'm going to ask young Marit to take us to the Uh, good morning, uh, Honourable uh, Chairperson, uh, Deputy Minister, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee and colleagues. Um, I'm not sure where the presentation is. Let me see if I can load the presentation from my side, if it's uh, allowed. You can load it from your side. Right. Can you see the presentation? No, yeah. not yet, uh, Marie. Yes, we can see it now. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, as indicated here, the purpose um, of the presentation is to update the Portfolio Committee on uh, the establishment of the Human Settlements Development Bank. Um, in terms of the table of contents, I'm just quickly going to uh, run you through the background, going to touch on the project approach, and then also spend time on the uh, project plan for the remaining action steps uh, that we must deal with and conclude with recommendations. Now, in terms of the background, I think it's important to um, highlight the events that led to the um, review process. Firstly, there was the nationalisation. Um, sorry, firstly, there was the National Treasury review process that took place in uh, 2008. Um, there was a request for National Treasury to look at all the national DFIs that's been established to investigate whether they're still relevant, whether they're cost effective, and whether they still create impact um, in the areas of need for which they've been established uh, in an ever changing environment. Now, specifically in terms of the housing sector, the um, National Treasury found that there is um, a need for the three development finance institutions that we have uh, to be consolidated. Those three development finance institutions are the uh, Rural Housing Loan Fund, National Urban Reconstruction Housing Agency, as well as the National Housing Finance Corporation. Um, subsequently, the department commenced with its own review of these institutions. That was a, a, an intense review of each individual entity where we looked at the mandate, the operations, functions, 
and the development impact that they've been able to create. Um, part of this review process was also triggered by the fact that the department's mandate was expanded from housing to human settlements. So in 2014, after a series of operational research reports, we were able to confirm the national treasury findings um, and we started the actual rationalization process. The strategic intent was aimed at heightening the development impact and refining the efficiencies towards delivering sustainable and affordable human settlements. We had to be sure that we have an optimal institutional arrangement in place that is able to then address the need across the spectrum of the value chain in our human settlement sector that we're responsible for. In 2014, in October, the Minister of Human Settlements made a pronouncement uh, to indicate that the business model for the consolidation of the DFIs has been reviewed and that the first phase of the consolidation has begun. As subsequently, the department established a project steering committee who would then uh, oversee the processes and procedures of the setting up of the new entity and advise minister accordingly on the progress. Because there are different elements to this program that must be addressed. You've got your legislative component, policy component, and of course, the institutional personalization component that involves the business case that we then have to motivate the why and how exactly the project plan of how you're going to establish this entity. The project's being approached in two steps. The first step is the consolidation of Nurture and Rolf with the NHFC through conclusion of the nation agreements, um, as the Deputy Minister also indicated. And then secondly, uh, the idea is then to transform this consolidated entity into the Human Settlements Development Bank as the second and final step. The next slide basically provides a summary of the various milestones uh, that, um, that we had to follow in terms of the first step to be able to achieve the consolidation of the three entities. And basically, we are dealing here with the instruments that were required to achieve this consolidation and also the two compliance requirements that we met. The first compliance requirement in terms of the Companies Act, the second compliance requirement in terms of the Public Finance Management Act before the final conclusion and implement, uh, implementation of the consolidation could be finalized. I think what's important to uh, indicate in terms of business case is that um, the business case must provide for us the rationale uh, for the consolidation. Um, and in terms of the business case that was done, rationale is basically fourfold. Firstly, it's to ensure that existing capacity is retained. It was found that the capacity that was there in terms of each of the individual DFIs, um, it's able to create impact um, and therefore we should retain it. And what we should be doing is just to expand on that available capacity rather than to eliminate any of that capacity. Secondly, the idea is to realize synergies and effect cost savings. When, when you merge your systems and processes, um, you are able to then if, operate more effectively. And also, if you think about the rationalization of your governance structures from three entities to one entity, there will be obvious cost savings that you will be able to achieve. Third is about the maximization of your balance sheet capabilities. Um, when you consolidate the capital of the three entities, you are able to redirect capital to areas where you have significant need and where you can create significant impact and therefore eliminate any um, unproductive capital allocations. Um, and on top of that, you would be able to then also leverage that capacity uh, with private sector funding. And finally, um, you would be able to regularize and strengthen the mandate and authority of the Human Settlements Development Bank through the creation of enabling legislation, um, because enabling legislation will bring about a fixed mandate in which 
the entity must um, operate. Last, I think, important terms of the draft business case is to highlight that two possible routes were outlined to, to achieve the consolidated entity. The first route was to consolidate the three entities first and then to be followed by enabling legislation that would then transform the consolidated entity into the Human Settlements Development Bank. The other option that was put on the table is to create the legislation and through provisions in the legislation achieve the consolidated entity. The first option was pursued um, and that was done to be able to access low-hanging fruits such as to achieve cost efficiencies and to um, optimize your capital allocation whilst the legislation then unfolds. Secondly, in terms of the preparation of donation agreements, um, since these three entities were established in terms of the Companies Act, the instrument that was identified to achieve this consolidation was donation agreements that could be used, and those donation agreements would then provide for the transfer of the assets, liabilities, and the staff of Nurture and Rolf to the NHFC. The boards developed uh, these donation agreements. Um, so the boards of Nurture and Rolf finalized these agreements by 2016, but it could not be implemented at this point in time because we still had to look at the regulatory compliance aspects that had to be met. This brings me to uh, the need for approval by the company tribunal for the transaction. The Rural Housing Loan Fund and uh, National Urban Reconstruction and Housing Agency were established as non-for-profit companies. And in terms of the Companies Act, when you wind down such a company, then the assets must be redirected to another entity with a similar mandate. Now, the NHFC has been established in terms of the Companies Act as a company with share capital. So it is assumed that it is a for-profit company. Um, and government owned all the shares of NHFC, so really um, its activities and effort was directed to um, uplift um, uh, society in terms of housing. But in terms of the Companies Act, we couldn't then merge the companies. And what was required is that we had to go to the company tribunal for a, a special approval to be able to con conclude the transaction. Uh, that application was made and the approval was issued on the 28th of April 2017. The second uh, regulatory hurdle that we had to overcome is to obtain approval in terms of the Public Finance Management Act for this transaction. Um, particularly, we're looking at Section 663 of the Public Finance Management Act that deals with um, the borrowing powers of a public entity. Now, the Rural Housing Loan Fund had a loan facility with a German development bank called KFW um, through the Development Bank of Southern Africa. It is a back-to-back -back loan agreement that was concluded. So now, in terms of consolidation, uh, the obligation would then be moved from the Rural Housing Loan Fund to the NHFC, and that is why approval was required. Um, and the approval was obtained from the Minister of Finance, uh, the concurrent approval, in September 2018. After the compliance requirements were met, both in terms of the Companies Act, in terms of the PFMA, the donation agreements could be implemented and all the assets, liabilities and staff of Nerds and Rolf, it was therefore transferred to the NHFC. The effective date of consolidation was 1 October 2018 um, and the NHFC is facilitating the deregistration of Nerds and Rolf with the company's Intellectual Property Commission where after the entities will then be listed, delisted in terms of the Public Finance Management Act. So this brings us to the second step, which is then to transform the consolidated human settlements entities into the Human Settlements Development Bank. 
and in this slide I'm just basically outlining the various milestones um, in this process. Um, currently we are um, at the stage where we have to determine the capitalization options. Um, this will be then followed by uh, the cabinet approval process, the national assembly process, the promulgation of the bill, and finally the operationalization of the Human Settlements Development Bank. I'm going to take you through each of these uh, milestones next. Firstly, what we needed is a Human Settlements Development Bank policy framework because the policy framework underpins your enabling legislation. The Human Settlements Development Bank policy framework was developed in consultation with a wide range of stakeholders, including National Treasury, the Development Bank of Southern Africa, importantly the Banking Association of South Africa, provincial departments, our sister Human Settlements entities, insurance companies, develop, uh, developers, financiers, etc. Um, I think uh, important to highlight is that from consultations that, that was held with the South African Reserve Bank officials, um, it was confirmed that in terms of the operating model that we're presenting, uh, the bank does not need the license. relates to the refinement of the business case. Um, since 2014, uh, the business